Welcome to the Heavenly Banquet, where the hungry are filled with good things. What are you hungry for? Today is our first Sunday in Lent, and our scripture lesson is the story of Jesus being tempted by the devil in the wilderness. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. This is Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, As it is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you all I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you, then, will worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered him, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you. And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The devil's offers here are pretty great and sure would accomplish a lot of good. I mean, I know better than to side with the devil, but this is some pretty amazing stuff. First, this sort of alchemy that would turn stones to bread would alleviate hunger and poverty across the globe. And who knows what other good would come from that? Wouldn't wars cease because there'd be no need to compete for resources? Wouldn't people find themselves employed in vocations they chose and enjoyed, not jobs they hated but kept through necessity? Wouldn't all the land used for grain production be transformed into forested natural preserves? Wouldn't the ecology be safe from the harm of Roundup and other toxins used in commercial agriculture? Wouldn't easy, free access to life's necessity improve basic human dignity across the board? Wouldn't not having to struggle to produce and procure food allow us the time and the freedom to pursue the arts, philosophy, prayer, and play? Wouldn't we all be better off if Jesus fed us all through a miracle each day? And for Jesus to take over all the kingdoms of the world? Yes, Lord, please! then surely there would be peace, equality, justice for everyone. Wouldn't there be no cause for any wars? Wouldn't that mean not only peace and safety, but the end of the entire military-industrial complex, freeing people and resources for better pursuits? Wouldn't it mean the end to unjust laws and systemic oppression? 
Wouldn't there be equal and free access to quality health care, retirement benefits, a social safety net that no one could slip through? Wouldn't we all thrive under perfect conditions meant to promote flourishing life? Wouldn't we be able to do so many wonderful things if we were free from any worries about our government or any other government? Wouldn't it just be a relief to never have to go through another election cycle? Wouldn't we all be better off if Jesus ran things down here? And for Jesus to demonstrate his power and authority to assume command of the religious establishment, to show himself and to act fully as head of the church? Yes, Lord, please. Wouldn't that be an end to all spiritual abuse, to all religious sexual abuse? Wouldn't that be an end to American Christianity's support of white supremacy? Wouldn't that be an end to hypocritical celebrity pastors, to interdenominational squabbles, to congregations that act more like country clubs than mission outposts? Wouldn't that be an end to religiously justified misogyny, racism, homophobia, transphobia, all of the bigotry promoted by a mangling of the gospel? Wouldn't that be an end to faith-based scientific ignorance, to the lies about creation and our place in it that are literally killing the planet? Wouldn't we all be better off if Jesus took charge of the church? If Jesus took control of economic, political, or religious power, this world would be an undeniably better place. If Jesus assumed authority over just one of those spheres, he'd transform all three. You know he would. Peace, justice, equality, truth, love would reign, and a paradise would be manifested here in an instant. So let's go. Take the devil's deal and do it, Jesus. Save the world and save us all. So now this is the part where I tell you that Jesus came for more than that, that Jesus accomplished more than that through his life, death, and resurrection. And it's true. Jesus destroyed death. That's better than creating free bread. That's better than overthrowing an empire. That's better than reforming the church. But why not do it all, Lord? We know you can. We know you could destroy death and reorder the world. Why not do it all? Well, I think there are at least two reasons for this, or two that I'm going to share today anyhow. First, reordering the world is only a temporary affair if you haven't also transformed the human heart. To change the economic structure, the political sphere, or the religious establishment without changing us is a futile endeavor. I mean, yes, Jesus can do that, but you know we're going to undo it. If bread were free, if bread were a free natural resource, you know we'd find a way to commodify it. We've commodified clean water and air and heck, Let's be honest, food too. It just grows from the ground all around us, but we've disrupted the ecology and created a system where we toil for the good things that God has already provided. There will be no end to economic striving. And if Jesus took political power, there'd be a fraction of people mad about that too, mad about 
all of the social benefits and equality and justice because they won't get to feel superior anymore. And there will no doubt be Let's Go Gerald bumper stickers and T-shirts. There will be no end to political striving. And if Jesus assumed religious authority, you know that would just embolden some people to go full-on handmaid's tale with things. That's not going to stop us from misinterpreting the gospel to fit our own twisted agenda. There will be no end to religious striving. What's more is that our God seems to really want to call us into partnership to complete this work. God doesn't want to do it all as much as God wants to do it with us. We were created for love and to love, and God wants us to share in the divine image by loving each other as God first loved us. If God just showed up and fixed everything for us, then there would be a way in which we lost our purpose, in which life lost its meaning. There would be no further good for us to pursue. There would be no greater love for us to manifest. God's desire for us to join in this work isn't a punishment or some sort of lesson. God seeks a kind of kinship or camaraderie with us by inviting us into partnership with the divine agenda. That's the commitment we make in baptism. That's the role we assume when we consume the body and blood of our Lord in the Eucharist. To become more like God means to act for justice, for peace, for good, for love in this world. And God isn't going to just erase all opportunities for us to do the things we were created to do. God's not going to take our vocation from us. Now, I absolutely believe this, and you're going to hear me talk often about our partnership with God in love. I get really jazzed about this aspect of our God because our relationship is so unique. Our God is love, and our God wants not only to love us, but for us to participate in that love because love is God's identity and the most wonderful thing there is. I absolutely believe this, but... Is this good news to the oppressed? Is this the gospel? What good is that to the folks who are actually hungry for bread, hungry to the point of anguish and despair? What good is that to the people suffering in Ukraine and other war-torn countries? What good is that to trans kids being bullied by governments established to protect them? What good is that to those suffering abuse in the name of religion? What good is that to all of those crying out for justice and peace and love? What good is that to everyone who is waiting on God and who is waiting on us? Well, this is only good news if you and I are out there partnering with God, if you and I are out there doing something, if you and I are testifying to God's power with our hands, with our action. This is only good news if people can see us, can see God and us working together in the world. It can't just be a false promise or a lofty ideal. That does nothing for nobody. We have to bear the promise. We have to manifest the promise. We have to actualize the promise in the world. We can't just tell people that God wants good things for them. We have to bring the good things of God to them. We can't just tell people that God loves them. We have to enact God's love for them, toward them. 
We can't just tell people that God cares for them. We have to care for them as God does, as God would. We have to demonstrate God's power through our action, through our living. And if we are out in the world working for good, demanding justice, recklessly pursuing extravagant love, people will see God. They will see God's activity in the world. They will see those promises fulfilled by us, made real by us. And that's how this becomes good news to them. It's up to us to make this good news and not a hope out of reach, a vain imagining by an unknown and inactive God. We have to demonstrate this good news in our lives and for the lives of others. It's up to you. It's up to me. It's up to us, you, me, and God to get it done, to bring love into this world. We have to work for peace in Ukraine and elsewhere. We have to love and protect trans kids. We have to dismantle the military-industrial complex. We have to challenge systemic poverty and institutionalize racism. And that we is not just you and me, that we includes God, that we is you me and the Lord of life, the ruler of all creation, the one who conquered death itself. God can and God will do, but God chooses to do it with us and through us. That's a blessing and a calling, a partnership with God. May you be blessed and be a blessing to others. Amen. Amen.